Welcome to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Hi, and welcome back to the McKnight's Newsmaker Podcast. I think this one is really going to be valuable for everybody because we have one of our favorite guests. I am, of course, Jim Berklin, Executive Editor at McKnight's, and I'm here with Leah Kluge, Executive Director of the Alliance Training Center. And Leah just has the pulse on what we need to know about some important changes coming up, quite frankly, that were a surprise when they came out, uh, the timing being in on Labor Day. Isn't that correct, Leah? That was a bit of a surprise to everybody. Well, it was a surprise. Of course, uh, CMS does have the habit of releasing things on holiday weekends. And um, I always say that so that maybe someone there will realize that we've picked up on that because we stay late on the Friday of a holiday weekend. I think I think we have to figure out how to ruin their holidays or their overtime sometime because they do it on Fridays, too, don't they? They do it on Friday after late afternoon or early evening on a holiday weekend. And the history of that is well documented. But we were um, given the opportunity to see the latest copy of the new MDS document, um, which is not a total surprise, but they did release it, and it does not have the word draft on it, which is important. And so, uh, in fact, in order for McKnight's to have everything going on Tuesday morning when you put your article out, you and I had to talk on Labor Day weekend, didn't we? Well, labor, right? We're supposed to labor or something. So so this is not something that, A, was totally unexpected. We knew that. And at this moment, as we're broadcasting this podcast in early November, um, you know, it's been out there a little bit. But what we want to talk about today and what you rightfully are uh, impressing upon people is, even though these changes take effect in October, some 11 months from now, uh, you don't have 11 months to wait on this. This is This is urgent now, correct? Yes, we really operations, operational professionals and clinical professionals, along with your data collection process manager or your MDS manager, um, need to start to plan, start to think about this and, uh, and, and take a good look at what you're doing currently. And if you have some areas that you uh, understand, maybe you have new employees who haven't been totally competency trained or if um, we have new um, uh, service lines that we're talking about delivering. Um, I just talked to someone yesterday about that their facility is opening a dialysis unit. And so the issue of renal failure and how they treat that high acuity type patient is going to have an impact on how they collect their data. And so it's very important that they take a good look and an honest look. And I, I'd suggest that you take in half an hour, 45 minutes and sit around the conference table and just say, what are we doing very well? in this area. And um, does anyone have any suggestions about some things that we need to focus on to improve our efficiency, improve our accuracy, and get your system with the current MDS flowing and working very smoothly. And then when we add the new items in and the new documentation tasks in, which are somewhat different, then we're going to have a smoother transition. Okay. Now let, let's do talk about some of that to back up. What is different? Because everybody deals with MDS all the time, right? But right. What, what's going to be different? Well, it's, um, it's a longer document. 
In the printed format, the current MDS is 48 pages and the new MDS is 58 pages. But, you know, that's not really an accurate um, because there's dead space on some of the pages and things like that. But there is an increase in the number of items. We've also had a and we're coding items that we have not the type of which we've not coded before. One good example of that is the medication list management process, especially at the time of discharge, where there is there are a sequence of questions where these facility has to document their process and how they manage that. The other thing is that we have a large section of the form that has always been a big focus, and that's section G, uh, where we collect our information for ADLs. That section is being deleted off the federal document, and I'll have a few words about that later, but we're not going to get rid of ADLs completely, but the federal document will not document functional performance on the ADL score anymore, ADL scale. It will be documented on the GG functional performance scale, which we've been using since 2018. Okay. Now, I know you're very much in favor of taking a strategic approach on this. Can you explain a little bit of what Leah Klusch's strategic approach would look like? Well, the big the big topic at the top of my strategic approach is to make sure that everyone who codes on the form, who actually puts data into the database, has a finite, a carefully crafted understanding of the parameters and the definitions and the timelines that the the manual gives you for those codes because we're going to have additional codes. Some people are going to have their assignments increased with some new definitions and some new very highly technical clinical coding. And so we want to make sure that currently we have a good understanding of the manual. And, you know, I like to work with the colored copy of the MDS that tells me where all the data goes so I don't have to think about it. And I carry my manual everywhere I go, and people tease me about that. But I'm a little too old for the electronic manual world. And we have to make sure that our knowledge base begins first with the regulatory tags, which... My recommendation is if you haven't given everyone who codes on your MDS, who actually codes data, copies of the three regulatory tags in the state operations manual, um, you're, you're really cheating them out of understanding how important their jobs are. Okay. I, I kind of envision when you talk about the manual in the book, maybe like some Ohio State Buckeyes football player with their playbook under their arm, you know, and they've got to go study it at night and everything like that. I think you'd like that. Folks, Leah is a season ticket holder and very big fan, and she's had a lot to cheer about, of course, recently. So anyway, uh, well, excellent. I should have worn point. my jersey. I yeah. should have worn my jersey to talk to you. All okay. right. Well, very good. As we write, as we speak right now, you're in the top four, and so we'll see how that ends up. So, good luck on that. So, how do we get good luck for the providers? Of course, this is not just good luck. There's some serious work to do, and let's also frame it. What's at stake here? Uh, I mean, uh, do you think you know? Is there is, so so they don't get everything right at once or or eventually? What does that mean? Right. Well, we don't know all the answers to those questions. That's why strategically now, operational, fiscal, and 
clinical managers need to take a look at what we do know. See, we don't know how the high acuity items are going to impact the PDPM payment process. We don't have the payment. We don't have the crosswalk with payment just yet. We do not know the um, the specifics, if there's any specific timing on some of the acuity items or some exemptions in some of the definitions. We don't have that. But if we build a, a very clean and very compliant foundation of knowledge with our team now, and then as these um, uh, as these directives come out as parts of the manual or the entire manual, since CMS released the form in September, um, I'm looking that we may have a, a manual a release or some of the manual released or leaked <laughs> um, mm-hmm. at some point, maybe in the earlier spring. And that would give us a time to get our team members to adapt their documentation habits. Now, Jim, you and I both know one of the hardest things to do is change a clinician's or a professional's documentation habits. Because we get to the point where we learn how to do something right and then we really stick with it and it becomes spontaneous. Well, that is one of the things that the MDS process challenges your teams with because they're changing the definitions or they're changing the timeline and it's very easy to forget. Now, what is at stake? Well, it could be 40 or 50 or $60 a day on the rate. It could be an alteration to your quality measure statistics. We're going to have the new, uh, the newer outcome quality measures coming off of Section GG. And that is not changing, by the way, folks. Continue your training on Section GG with the definitions, et cetera, that we currently have because as we go ahead, if we have changes to GG, they'll be, they'll be somewhat minor. That's mm-hmm. part of the system that seems that they're going to keep that. But the other thing we have to do is we have to get a, a, a very open line of communication between operational and clinical managers and fiscal managers and the MDS leadership, an MDS manager. And this is not a delegated responsibility for to get together. It's to communicate and problem solve and share what you know. CFOs are reading about the new MDS in, in a lot of their publications. And other professionals, some of the social worker groups are talking about the issues with the impact of the depression interview is changing. And so people are picking up information and they need to get together and share it in a a very open, non-threatening, but regular conversation. Now, this isn't a meeting where you lock everybody up in the conference room for three hours. This is 20 minutes, like every Tuesday afternoon, right after lunch. And it's in it. It can be efficient. And if there's not a whole lot to discuss, then we don't have a lot to discuss. But give the team that is the core team where we establish compliance and also where we can establish the accuracy. Our goal is to be able to initiate the MDS 3.0, Okay. On October 1st. Wow. You did, you did that, right? Nice. Well, I do it in my sleep. <laughs> so uh, on October 1st, without a lot of stress, without a lot of angst, 
amongst the staff members. And we have the time this time to, to do that. Now, one other thing that I want to talk about is if you are doing some training with your interdisciplinary team and your nurses, please keep records of that because compliance is a very big issue right now. I know you do, you as an editorial person know that people are talking about the new compliance and ethics tag. We're talking about some of the new survey protocols that they're going to be looking at. This is an excellent opportunity to show your activity in establishing compliance and competency in your staff. So, I would make sure that I keep good records on that because they'll have a dual positive for you. Someone comes in and asks, you know, there's that pesky quote in the regulatory process that says it's in one of the tags, uh, the assessment tags that says the facility is responsible. So that means senior management of the facility is responsible to assure that everyone who is part of the assessment process, has the requisite knowledge. Those are two new words that they put into the survey in 2017. We hadn't seen before. Requisite knowledge to complete an accurate assessment. Now, that can be interpreted in a number of different ways. What is this requisite knowledge? But in the simplest form, it's making sure that everyone works with the MDS consistently. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to get if you're going to get data, you should have your data formulation process be consistent because then you're going to collect things in the same way. And as we change the form now, there are a couple of things in the form that are going to be questions. They're not calling them interviews, but they're questions that they're going to ask the elder like, you know, has pain ever kept you from uh, being able to go to rehab? It's a new question. When you were at home in the community, did you have difficulty getting places you needed to go? Did you have transportation issues? Those are some of the newer questions that we're we're going to be seeing. And we want to make sure that we delegate the responsibility for those uh, carefully so that we, um, we get that data properly documented in the record. And then, of course, the issue of functional documentation is big. We now have CMS has moved to remove section G. And so now we are relying on section GG. And that is only a three day assessment. And that's a short window to collect really good quality data. So we have to we have to look at how we're going to do that. All right. Well, there's a lot to think about. And we kidded CMS about springing this on everybody early, but maybe they've done folks a favor because as you said, there's time to get ready, adjust. So that's where I'd like to go here for the, uh, kind of a final point of emphasis or, or tip from you. What would you put in as mileposts for the listeners, for the providers? Say, okay, you know, can, can they think about this till January 1 and then get in serious? What would be some things you suggest? Hey, do this by the first of the year, by February, have this. Look for this, you know, document coming. Can you give us a few mileposts to look for? Well, the document that we are waiting for is the updated REI manual that will be impacting all of our practice on October 1st of 2023. We don't have anything tangible about that. I'm hoping that since the the form has been out since September, that maybe we can we'll see something there. But before that, I would say in the month of November, 
uh, what's left of it. Uh, let get together with your team and just do just have an honest discussion about where are we strong. Do we have some new members on our team that we need to uh, give some more information to? What was our onboarding? And then what are the priorities? Give them a copy of the form and, and highlight those areas that are new. It's not rocket science. And take a look and say, you know, now if we have to collect this data in a year or 11 months, then we want to think about what would be a good strategy to include that. The second thing is that as soon and then I don't think we're going to hear the PDPM connection early, but as soon as we start to hear the connection of especially the new highly clinical data um, into the payment system, which could go into nursing, it could go into the NTAs, we're not sure, but we have to have our team ready to be very sensitive about that. So they have to be very careful and looking at what are our base rates now and how are they composed? Do we get contributions from all five areas that we think are appropriate? And so if we pick up some patterns or some issues that we think we might be able to improve on, that's going to improve our ability to respond. And then third of all, remember all this new data I shouldn't say all, many of these new data set items could filter into quality measure data and other data that's going into public reporting. And that is always a high risk. So I think that by the, by the end of November, give everybody a copy and, and, and sit down and just look at how, what the ideas are. I would think by the end of the year, you could sit with your MDS manager, your head of clinical, and your head your, uh, of operations and look to see if you can put four or five steps together. And um, that's not going to be real difficult to do. It all depends on your, your demographics of your, of your patients and the uh, overall composition of your staff and the size of your building, all of those things are very important to to direct how you manage that. And then I really believe we can maintain a positive attitude. I don't think there's a lot on this form that is going to be a problem. I think it's just going to be new data documentation, new forced sometimes and created documentation in the record. And the other thing we haven't seen yet is we haven't seen how the software companies are going to, with all the EMRs and the MBS software, how they're going to respond. They have the largest single job here in getting this, this all programmed and ready for us by next October. Well, I'll tell you what, we certainly have a lot to look forward to in the 11 months ahead. You've given us some great things to think about. Uh, I don't know if I would have thought, okay, let's do this in November already. See, you got that thinking, but you've heard it, folks, from one of the absolute top experts in the country on this, Leah Kluge, the executive director of the Alliance Training Center. We thank her for being here with us. Hope you've taken some pointers from this, and it's coming, right? Uh, there's no denying it, so you might as well get started on your homework now and, and kind of make it a less bitter pill, if you will. This is Jim Berklin thanking you for tuning into the McKnight's Newsmaker Podcast. And to everyone, I wish good health and outstanding days ahead. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast. For the latest in long-term care news, visit mcknights.com.